Yet again, we've returned another round right here, Union Smack, our usual bread and butter type episode reviewing the month of February, our NXT UK Omnibus, February 2022, the number one brand in the WWE, back here to talk all about it, I cannot do this, by, I couldn't even fathom reviewing this Omnibus by myself without my main man next to me, my co-host for this since day one, the maniac, Matt Tennant. What up, man? How you doing? Where can everyone catch you? Day one-ish, Travis. You can catch me <laughs> on Twitter at BruiserMate. Follow the show at UnionSmack. Go to pod, uh, UnionSmack.Podbean.com where you can find links to all the other podcast platforms. Anchor.fm forward slash Union-Smack where you'll find the link to PocketCast. UnionSmack.BigCartel.com for all your Hibiki TMD merchandise needs. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash RockyBuy for your official UnionSmack logo shirt and Lulu.com where you can find my books, The Undertaker, A Trip Down Death Valley, and NXT UK Year One. And if you missed any of that, then all the links to everything are available on our Podbean page. And if somehow you missed our little special episode on Pete Dunne, this week also want to put out a disclaimer regarding our merch. Unless you see yeah. the merch promoted on one of these episodes from one of our official accounts on Twitter, it's bullshit, it's bootleg, and it's not the right thing to do, and fuck you for ripping us off. In a way, it's 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 flattering. I never thought in my life I'd say a sentence where someone's <laughs> making bootleg merchandise of me. But here we are. You want to put twenty twenty two is full of surprises. Travis. You want to put that uh, uh that shit website on blast one more time, Matt, so people know not to go there to get that fox hoodie. Yep. So it is loopingcatstore.com and. You know, if you've been following our Twitter this way, you'll know there have been bootlegging Union Smack hoodies, which aren't official. We didn't give them the the permission to do. Rocky is our only official vendor of Union Smack merchandise. So if it's not from him, if it's not from us, then Don't get it's it. not authentic. There you go. And I really wanted a hoodie for the show, but say la vie. Someday we'll get that hoodie on our store <laughs> just for me. Um <laughs> We're going to start, sadly, this episode out on some very sad news. Um, nothing nothing confirmed yet as a death or anything, but as of today, about noonish today, uh, Scott Hall, yeah. unfortunately, uh, after undergoing, I think, a hip surgery, had some serious complications, then suffered three heart attacks in succession and is now in, in considered critical condition on life support and this this sucks not just because of the obvious but this really sucks because this guy this man fought so hard to turn it all around and he's been on the straight and narrow for years now he's you know i mean i'm not there with him all the time i don't know if he's sneaking beer it's irrelevant he tried to change his life for the better he didn't just accept that he was an addict and that's no he tried to do right by scott hall so let's try to do right by Scott Hall and send him all the good vibes, thoughts, prayers, whatever you believe in. Send him his way. One of my all-time favorites. One of the guys, when I'm asked I, that fucking question all the time on Twitter, what are some guys that should have been world champ that never did? Scott Hall is always on my list. Yeah, mine too. Greatest, one of the greatest never to be world champion. And it's another hit. And it, just 2022, just that is another hit to the wrestling community but like we said that he's not dead uh, at time of recording so best wishes to him because one of your favorites one of my razor ramon just you know a staple of anyone's childhood growing up in the golden age of 
professional wrestler back in the 90s. And if it wasn't for Scott Hall, like maybe the NWO wouldn't have been as big as it was you know, without the outsiders coming in first to a supposed invasion angle. Yeah. You know, just, just so many moments in wrestling history that Scott Hall's been a part of that, you know, have changed the business. So I hope you get well soon, Scott, because it'll be a fucking tragedy if not. Possibly the most unsung hero in the entire Attitude Era. The harbinger, the literal harbinger, was Scott Hall interrupting that match with Mike Enos and the Mauler in, in Nitro May 96. So, yes, please <laughs> send all the good thoughts Scott Hall's way. We're pulling for you. And as he said himself, tough times don't last, but hopefully this bad guy does. NXT UK, yes. February 2022. Let's pick up our spirits. Let's get on to what we do. Um, a lot of good, that, a lot of bad this month. I gotta, I gotta be honest. Yeah, a lot of bad this month, and it's not going to pick my spirit up because I think February twenty twenty two, there is some good stuff here. But don't worry, it's not going to be an hour of just us complaining. But for me, possibly the weakest month, Travis of NXT UK since it began in twenty eighteen. I, I can't argue that, and that's. It's crazy to say because we did see a kick-ass woman's match with an unfortunate ending. We, like you said, there is some good stuff yeah. in here. But I, as far as like where they're at with progressing characters and miscasting talent who are are trying to be baby faces that aren't baby faces at all, I couldn't I couldn't agree more, to be honest. And just the way they're also uh, doing the TV, it's like it's disjointed a lot of it. Uh, but let's get into it. Let's do it. February the 3rd. So we start off with a very good video package for the second match between Maiko Satomura and Blair Davenport. Uh, it gives the match a big fight feel, and it is what you know this match needed, even though there's way too many close-ups of Blair Davenport's face. Now, she's <laughs> been through a tough time, Travis. I'm not going to hark on about how bad these close-ups are, but when she does return to action, if anyone from NXT UK is listening, can we please stop bringing the camera so close to the woman's face? You're not doing her any favors at all. Well, Did gonna, you get they're, the big... They're going to do it more because you said that now. I know. It's just every fucking shot. It's just going to be her face close up and it stuck <laughs> in her top lip up her nostrils. <laughs> Did this give you the big fight feel for the main event of this episode? It did. It did. And I think... We won't get to the match yet, right? We're just talking about this intro. No, no, no. I did. I did get that feel. You see, this is what NXT UK for me does better than NXT Raw and SmackDown. Like the, the video packages with the voice that they really put the time and effort into it. Even though they know they've not got the biggest audience in the world, it's something that NXT UK do better than all three of their counterparts. I agree, and I also think NXT UK is in a very weird place right now, where you can tell, you said at the top of the show, the weird pacing now, it's kind of like they're taking a cue from NXT 2.0, which is not a good thing in my book, with how they're doing the backstage stuff, but they're also, they're still mixing in that classy world of sport, you know, serious packages, you know, big fight feels, so they're doing both, but I think yeah. the inevitable, the silly 2.0 shit's going to outweigh this stuff by the end, because they can never help themselves. No, and you know what? I don't think it's just the, the 2.0 stuff. I think they've sort of regressed back to 2018, beginning of 2019, when the shows were more talky, 
less wrestling. Right. And you, you know how I hated that. Like, it's in, if anyone's read the book, like, it, it's littered throughout the book of, you know, odd, oddly paced, not enough wrestling, too many backstage segments. And I, I feel like, unfortunately, they're going back to that. But thankfully, this episode kicked off action-wise with the NXT UK Tag Team Tournament Final between Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter against Dave Mastiff and Jack Stars. Now, before we get into this, Travis, mm-hmm. last time around, the January NXT UK, I went sort of into the tag team division, what they could do to improve it, the teams they could bring in, etc. What is your stance on the NXT UK tag team division? I think it should be in a much better place than it currently is. I think when you took that year or so, however long Pretty Deadly were dominant, yeah, they didn't, at the same time, it's like, yeah, that team was built up from nothing, right? Stoker and Howley or yeah. whatever to that, but it's like they kind of stopped doing that. They stopped, I mean, you could argue Ashton Smith and his partner right now were elevated, but are they? I mean... <laughs> The, the team of Jack Stars and Dave Mastiff has grown on me for all the wrong reasons. Does that make sense? Like, like it's a comedy yeah. act. I mean, it's it's a weird one because while I'm glad they're doing something with Jack Stars uh, and Dave Mastiff, it's not the right thing for me. Um, I said last time that Mastiff would be better off now as a killer heel. And obviously, when this team splits up, they'll have a mini feud. And Mastiff will go on to be the heel. Jack Stars will go back to being a jobber. Yeah. I just don't know where Dave Mastiff goes from here. And I don't want it to be another episode, Travis, where we run through the roster and go, we don't know where they go from here. But Dave Mastiff has had his time in NXT UK for me. You know, his feud with Eddie Dennis was very good. And then it, it was all downhill after he lost Joe Coffey in Cardiff. And there's just been nothing else for him. And I don't envisage anything else for him going forward. Dare I? I mean, th- this is what knowing WWE they would probably do. They'd call him up to the main roster and they'd put him in there as uh, Dave Mastiff is British, correct? Yes. They put him in there as the British sympathizer with the Alpha Academy. Like how Rob Conway was really American, but he was a French sympathizer. Just because he fits the look of Otis. And that way Chad Chad Gable could have those shit kickers enforcer tag team behind him. I actually don't hate that, but I know they'd make it silly. So I do hate it. I mean... I just want to see I, a team of Dave Mastiff and Otis. Because I like... A lot of people shit. I like this serious Otis. I really do. I mean, the way it's going, I, I, I envisage them making him more of a modern-day Bastion bugger just because of his size and his look. Knowing but... them, they'll give him a, a dollar store mask and try to make him the new Vader because some idiot backstage would be, and creative would be like, oh, he has the same style singlet as Vader. He's a fat guy. Why not? Because there's only one Vader, you assholes. Just like there's only one LOD when you fucked up the Ascension. Don't do that. Yes, and unfortunately, we can see him doing that because, you know, if you listen to the Pete Dunn special creative is very much lacking in their area of supposed speciality. As I look around more ma- to like the tag division on what you got, do you even consider Shaw Samuels and Noam Dora a team? Um, I wouldn't at the minute. I don't think they've had more than one tag team match together. So, but obviously after Noam Dara loses the Heritage Cup whenever that may be, then yeah, why not? And of course the Coffee Brothers kick Wolfgang out 
and the Coffee Brothers would be a, a perfect fit, I think, for this division. I do. Also, you got like symbiosis. That's a joke. I can't even. I can't yeah. even entertain that being serious. And then you got a last team, and then we'll move on. That they actually we're going to review a match of theirs this week. The the Charlie Dempsey La Familia bullshit. It's the posing and the knuckles. It's so lame. It's so fucking um, lame to me. I have to. I have to pull you up on that, Travis. I don't think. Uh, the, the familiar stuff down because I promised myself and our viewers last month that I would not review any more of their stuff because it was so bad. <laughs> I got us covered so we'll this see. show then. Ramos <laughs> <laughs> has got us covered. <clears throat> so this match, Smith and Carter, Master of Stars, winner gets a shot at Mustache Mountain for the NXT UK Tag Team Championships. What did you think, Travis? Because I thought this wasn't outstanding. It didn't blow me away, but it did something for Smith and Carter, and it also kicked off the dissension between Mastiff and Stars. It sufficed enough as a match to where I didn't find myself looking at my phone a whole lot, so I was kind of... It was, like, I agree, though. Like <laughs> Obviously, this didn't blow me away entering. I, I think it was the right call. I think the right team won. Um, yes. You gotta build somebody up, and they're actually a legit team, and I always hate it. Like, certain times it gets a pass, but I hate when, like, actual teams who should be getting groomed and brought up and whatnot are just, like jobbed out to like throw it like back in the day like rvd and kane would just demolish real tag teams and shit like that you know what i mean like two thrown together guys yeah. so i i'm a pure so i always go with pure tag teams and them getting the win couldn't hurt anything fuck no no i agree smith and carter you know long overdue a push especially ashton smith who came into nxt uk hot pulled off drastically and then you know he's just picking up again i for people who didn't see this, Mastiff and Stars, they didn't really work well together in this storyline-wise. Mastiff kept refusing to tag Stars in. Stars got annoyed with it, tagged himself in, you know, got beat up, blah, blah, blah. It went on like that, and yeah. obviously they cost themselves the match. I wasn't totally against, you know, the breakup, even though it came out of the blue, but... For me, it was the right time to do it, Travis. You know, you you, you could have this done in a, a feud with symbiosis, but it wouldn't mean so much if there was nothing on the line. And the fact that there was a tag team title shot on the line here, it sort of made sense that, you know, Dave Mastiff wanted to be the guy not to blow it for the team and, right. and stuff like that. I agree. Totally. There you go. So, match ended. Smith and Carter with the win. And they go on to face Mustache Mountain in a match we will review later in this episode for you. Now, Travis, I have five words for you. Oh, God. <laughs> Etiquette training with Saxon Huxley. <laughs> this isn't, what this is isn't the Train to Spain one. That's next episode, right? That is, yeah. Yeah. This, this, this was all sorts of bad for me. And I know you love Saxon Huxley. But a kid, what are they doing with a kid? It, this, <clears throat> this was a kid trying to teach Saxon Huxley etiquette, um, in, in the style of Eliza Doolittle, and it was just terrible. It even had the Looney Tunes music to it as he was he, doing these different challenges with him. This one was bad. Just this one reeked of Bruce Pritchard <laughs> and main roster bullshit. I did not enjoy this one. The next one we'll talk about in a little bit. I did enjoy. This was too yeah. much goofy. Too much goofy. 
I guess it doesn't really fucking matter at this point what they're going to do with A Kid since he's gone. He's going to regular NXT. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's being called up uh, this week as we're recording this. Let's do instead of reviewing this ridiculous thing, let's do that. What do you think of his time in NXT UK? I think he was he was handled pretty goddamn well in NXT UK. He was at first they they did the slow burn. They slowly introduced yeah. him, having little good matches. Then more and more and more Heritage Cup, and then it was like he was made. And he's got some pretty decent music. I don't know about the attire with the half aviator cape. Whatever, it's a little silly, but I think <laughs> they did. I think they've done fine by him. Maybe, I mean, thankfully this was done on his way out and not his introduction to the brand. Thank God. So, oh, well, can you imagine? No, I don't want to imagine. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Though he came in as uh, a favor for Tyler Bate, who had worked with him and saw him in Japan, uh, in Spain, sorry. Yeah. And he proved his worth, A-Kid. You know, some great matches, some great performances. Like you said, it really kicked off with him for the Heritage Cup. Before that, it was a bit, you know, wobbly. I, I was there in Blackpool when he lost to Joseph Connors in the the pre-match before TakeOver Blackpool 2. That, that was a low point of his career, I'm sure. Right. But, he was paying his dues yeah. on the brand, though, in a way. Yeah, and he's gone from strength to strength. You know, I'm not going to say an outstanding Heritage Cup champion. He was a fine Heritage Cup champion. The match with Noam Dar, I think, the Heritage Cup match, which I'm annoyed we're not going to get a a sequel to now. Yeah. I think that was just outstanding. And proof that with the right opponent, you know, the right amount of time and the right booking, he could go far in NXT. I if think we, we're we both going to be in complete agreements, and any human being who's ever watched A-Kid, um, what his biggest weakness is, obviously, he has yeah. no charisma. He has negative charisma, let's be honest. <laughs> no. He's dull <laughs> as dishwater. Like, <laughs> I mean, if they don't let him talk, maybe give him a little manager. Whatever you want to do with him, but or just, or just like they can let him talk, just do that old tried and true philosophy that always works: less is more. You know. Yes. Yeah. Again, you could do that. I have no faith that Bruce Pritchard will do anything good with him, but you know, I mean, we're, to, we're here to be proven wrong, Travis. To be my curmudgeon self, I expect fully now in like eight months he's going to be on SmackDown as Luke, right up there with fucking Pete Dunne, wearing fucking bowler oh, hats and shit. Well, can you blame me? Bust out the suspenders. <laughs> oh, God, suspenders, camo pants. Maybe, 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 maybe they'll ask him to grow his hair out a little bit so that way they can spike one point and they'll just call him fucking Alfalfa when he goes on SmackDown. And we can have all the little <laughs> rascals. Oh, my God. And if you want our no, thoughts on our Pete Dunne situation, check out our bonus episode, Cheap Plug. Continue, Matt. There you go. Cheap plug, cheap pop. Um, so that that was the etiquette training with Saxon Huxley. More to come later. Now, something I want to get your opinion on, Travis, because we didn't get to do this together last month. We got a video package for the match between Jordan Devlin and Ilya Dragunov from the week before this February the 3rd episode. It showed all the violence, all the brutality. I thought this was going to lead to a rematch announcement, and it may very well do down the line if they want to take the title off of Dragunov because of what's going on in the world today. However, your thoughts on that Dragunov-Devlin match? Because, And I ask because I said at the end of our last review, I went on to 411 Mania 
just to see what people thought of the match. And they gave it two stars. I the the match or the promo package? No, the the match between Dragonov and uh, Devlin. I thought it was okay. Maybe something slightly fell off, but it was fine. I think with that just falls under fans are so entitled and spoiled now and everything has to be a bunch of young bucks bullshit and we don't appreciate pacing anymore. Yeah. I think that's what that falls under. When you have assholes like Dave Meltzer giving things eight stars because guys did 27 450s off a ladder, it's hard to follow that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. It was a, you know, for me it was a great match like I said last month and hopefully fingers crossed there's, there's no actual news on an UK takeover yet but the good news is is that all restrictions in the UK have been lifted COVID wise now yeah. and we're all getting back to work with COVID good news uh, WWE are back here in late April so there is no reason now we should not get a UK takeover hell yeah I think it comes down quite frankly it boils down to exposure too how many eyes are actually watching this and that's just you can't argue science right so like when these and I, I know that people, it's hilarious to see people lose their minds every January over the Observer Newsletter Awards. <laughs> For one, they attack Dave Meltzer. They're voted on by the fans. But the fact that the match yeah. of the year got, for me, the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers was voted over Ilya Dragunov and Walter, there's no way I can justify that. The only reason is nobody saw it. You know what I mean? Now, if they would have seen that, the other shit is just yes. this Circus Olay bullshit compared to this fucking war this methodical war these two grown men had, you can't compare them. <laughs> and that's just, that's the no, biggest criminal not. thing about this brand since day one. Nobody watches it. And for, and there's no, but there's no reason not to watch it. It's there. All right. It's difficult to find. On you, the network, but these are the there. same people who will trudge through three hours of the worst show on television every Monday, yeah. but can't be fucked <laughs> to give 45 minutes to this. It's, it's everything it just ass backwards with logic and wrestling fans. I really believe we're at a point where people people love torturing themselves because then they can bitch about it on social media because what keyword they get attention. You don't get attention if you go on social media and say, That was a really good fucking match. You get you know? No, I mean, you've got a point there. You you absolutely don't. But I will say, Travis, we're not gonna do people or the show any favors. For the next few minutes, because <laughs> what comes next on this review, before the main event of this episode, and literally all I've written down for this next part is, Nina Samuel show with Amal, fuck's sake. Next. That's all I've got. <laughs> you know you, what? There was a no, point. No next. I will no, say no. this. Go ahead. Sorry, Matt. Sorry. I was going to say, there was a point when you absolutely loved Nina Samuel. I still do. A year. I can't believe... <laughs> Look, I and I, I know the gimmick's cringy and corny, but the woman executes it well. She's she's not Nia Jax in the fucking ring. She can she was in progress. She can go. It just blows my mind that with like this silly gimmick, the the entrance is tailor made for the main roster with the director. Just blows my mind like nobody's given her a look. Like in my opinion, she's way better than fucking Billy Kay and Peyton Royce ever were in this role as annoying. She nails. She, she for me, she's up there. And I know, come at me. She's up there with William Regal as far as facial expressions when she's flustered. She nails it. She absolutely nails yeah. it. I'm not. I'm gonna call it like I see it. 
Well, I think she'd be a star on the main roster. No, but I think she's tailor-made for heel heat and that comedy, silly main roster environment. And it just blows my mind she's still here. Because I thought Vince would be all over her. Good Lord. I think her age goes against her. She's mid-30s now. So fucking I don't think... Natalia and Tamina are on TV every week, though. I don't get this company. You've got Tamina on the main roster, and yet you won't give neither Samuels a look. You have the uh, Samoan woman with Iron Sheik knees still on TV. Iron Sheik knees? She's barely mobile, Matt. <laughs> Christ. Oh, Christ. And on the other fucking oh show, you God. got this roided up rookie with two left feet putting goddamn Ruby Soho on YouTube every week. I These fucking figureheads in each of these companies, I've never seen two companies where the the women's divisions were so ass backwards than they are right now. Legit. I, I agree with that. Oh, God. And, and just, as as- at least in NXT UK, they're getting it right with Mako. You know? At least. Yeah. Fuck. Um, what's, what's in NXT? Mandy Rose. God, horrors behind every door we open. Continue, Matt. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, Nina Samuel's show, the segment needs to die because it's trash. Yeah. Keep the gimmick for the matches. Uh, I would like to see Nina Samuels get a push now because there, there is a gap opened up, as we will see in, in a few minutes, now that Blair Davenport's going to be out for about six months. So there's no reason why Nina Samuels couldn't fill it, along with Isla Dawn. But I think that spot is going to fall to Amal. I do too, and I think she deserves it. I think Amal is, for me, I I think she's firing on all cylinders right now. She's in, You watch her, we'll get to in a little bit, you, she does, the sound she makes during the entire match, she gets wrestling. She She's very vocal, she gets the expression, she can work, she's got a great look, she's a beautiful woman. And it's another country that WWE loves their little ambassadors for, you know, she's French. There you go. It could work. Yeah. I a mile for me, a few months, no, when she first came in, didn't resonate. I didn't like her at all. Recently, I think she's had some great matches. The match with Ginny was very good. Uh, the match with, I think it was Stevie Turner in January. Again, just, it was not, a nothing match. It shouldn't have meant anything. That was a very good squash match as well. I hope Amal is going places because now she's stepped up and she's showing me something. Well, Christ, man, she does for me at this point than Zaya Brookside does, for God's sakes. Oh, we'll get on to that. Yes. We'll, we will get on to Zaya later. Awful. All right. Talking about awful, Travis. Gallus interrupt Noam Dar and Shah Samuels to basically challenge for the Heritage Cup. This is Joe Coffey's next storyline. Why? Why are you giving this to Joe Coffey? And I understand you want to keep him in the public eye. You know, one of the figureheads of the NXT UK brand. But he's dying a death. Gallus are dying a death. And they're miscast. And as we will see, I don't... I think they were cast perfectly in the beginning. And then after it was apparent that Joe Coffey wasn't actually going anywhere, then they fell off a cliff. I totally 100% agree. Joe Coffey as a babyface does nothing for me. He doesn't have a look where... No. He looks like he'd be an asshole, right? <laughs> yeah. He just has that look. And that's a great thing to have in a heel. That's not a slight. That's, you know, that's that's good look. Everything there... And I'll just sum all this omnibus up in this entire angle for this. This does nothing for me. Um, 
it's making it's making me have sympathy for Noam Dar and Shaw Samuels, who essentially are doing nothing wrong. No, uh, you, the thing is, is that you do feel sorry for them just for the fact that they're now saddled with a Gallus team that mean nothing to the brand. Right, and this Gallus team has been going since what episode? Was it episode two or episode three when Wolfgang joined them? They said it a lot. So, on, they say it a lot on episodes now. NXT UK Originals. Exactly. They've been going four years now, Travis, and it was over when Joe Coffey lost to Pete Dunne in at Blackpool One. It was obvious then they weren't going to, you know, invest in him. They weren't going to put the title on him at any point. And obviously they were right with the speaking out movement, but dead for me, Gallus. I oh. said it last time. The best thing you can do now is get rid of Wolfgang, whether that's axe him, send him up to NXT. Or just you know drop him into the the undercard and put the Coffee Brothers in the tag team division. That is Joe Coffee's only hope now of making anything. And it's also ridiculous. This is another stable too. Where like at least the vibe I get anymore is that the fi- the figurehead and the leader is Mark Coffee. Mark, that <laughs> that should be the epitome of the backdrop guy, right? Yes. Come on. Yes. If anything, have. The goddamn brothers should have been a tag team and have Wolfgang as the leader. You know, like I don't, I don't get it. I really don't. This isn't hard. This is so easy to book. <laughs> yeah, and the sad, the sad thing is, is that they they still get it right in ICW when they go back to Scotland. These right. three, right, and yet on the main stage here with basically the same audience, crickets. ICW isn't trying to appease every eye it can. It's not trying to pull in casual viewers and shit. I think that's the difference. ICW gets pro wrestling, and you get pro wrestling. That is very true. We'll get back to Gallus soon enough, unfortunately, Matt. We will, Ben. We will. There is more of Gallus on this. NXT UK Women's Championship Japanese Street Fight to round out February the 3rd. Satamora, Davenport 2. And I very much like this, Travis. I couldn't like it as much as their first match because it had to be cut short. But they, both women, gave it all they got. And Blair Davenport, I, I will say this, I might have been wrong about her. She showed me nothing when she arrived in NXT UK. These last two matches with Mako Satamora, I think she will be... a at least a decent champion when the belt gets put on her. I mean, she's always been... I've always thought she was pretty solid. Like, I've seen her in stardom and over in Japan. She's always been... But you're right. Like, we both said, like, since she's been here, is it like, was she having trouble? Because you got to change your whole philosophy when you work for this company, right? Yeah. Hard cams, all that yeah. shit. It could have just been pro- trouble transitioning. Maybe she was just miserable and phoning it in. Who knows? But that was definitely not the case in this match. Before we review the actual match, and I'm going to shit on the woman again... It really pisses me off, pisses me off that I get on social media and I have to hear about how someone that's not nearly ready for primetime TV is so good and great in Jade Cargill or how Ronda Rousey's back, fuck yeah, but a match like this literally has no buzz on it is infuriating considering the injury that took place, the build for this match, the hardcore, because we all know people love their fucking blood and guts, you know, well, here it was. Yeah. But no, let's let's you know glorify the woman who looks like a fucking clown who has so much makeup on she can't even open her eyes the whole way. You notice that about Cargill? Her eyes are closed. 
with her God, weird, I love it when you with her that. weird lopsided <laughs> abs. Anyway, this match was really. It's, I thought it would be good, but this actually shockingly it, it only exceeded my expectations because of what you just said. How we've what we've seen from B Priestley so far. Um, I'm going to be pretentious with yeah. your name. I'm sorry. <laughs> I enjoyed. I I always enjoy Matt, and I know you're the same way because we talked about it. I enjoy hardcore wrestling, but I enjoy the hardcore wrestling matches the most. That aren't just CZW and Nick Gage just gaga for the sake of it that you intertwined a hard-hitting grudge match with hardcore spots sprinkled in are always the best and that's what this was until the unfortunate stomp off the top to the outside what ugh, it's up it's not as bad as sid's ankle break but i i could only watch like every time they show the replay i had to turn my head i get queasy with that shit Yes, it, it 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 was it was not as bad as Sid, but it was pretty bad. Um, and for obviously, people who've not seen it, and that's most of the audience, I'm assuming, because they prefer to listen to us instead. Um, great hardcore match went nine minutes. Should have gone. I was informed should have gone about twenty. I was going to say this had to go I'll, twenty. Yeah, it had to be cut short. So the end came after Bea Priestley went to the top. And if you'd seen the first match, uh, you, you'd have seen her execute it perfectly. But the difference between the first match and this match was Maiko Satamura was stood on the apron, bent double in the first match. And Bea Priestley just sort of skidded off of her back. This one, Maiko Satamura was draped over the apron. And Bea Priestley landed on her full force. And then... Like Jeff Farmer. It, it, yeah, it's, it's difficult to describe. She went off of Mako Satamora onto the the floor, and as she hit the floor, her ankle bent double under her. Yeah. And it looked, every replay they showed, Travis, it looked worse and yeah. worse. And, and you could hear her, the minute, second she went down, you could hear the scream go up from her. And there's literally no choice but to stop the match. I know that people can be like, well, you know, yeah. Owen Hart rolled up Steve Austin. And they, well, she was on the outside. I mean,. I don't think it was in the yeah, plan. Was it in the plans for her to win this match? See, I understand that they would have put the title on her here just for the simple fact of what we've seen them do with Mako Satamora in the weeks after this, which is nothing. Um, right. The Isle of Dawn stuff, which we'll get to, seems rushed to me. But Mako Satamora, from what I understand, was meant to come in, uh, beat Kaylee Ray be a short-term champion until they found their next long-term <coughs> star. So I'm going to say Blair Davenport was meant to win the title here. Regardless of the injury and the finish, I still would say go out of your way to catch this match out of probably any yeah. match we're going to review on this Omnibus. I would say so. I mean, the Mustache Mountain match coming up come pretty close. Yeah. But this is definitely a highlight. And who thought we'd be saying that about Blair Davenport what, two months ago? <laughs> right. That's not all, though, on this episode. Uh, no, it's not. Is there anything else you want to add to the February the 3rd episode before we move on? No, I can't believe we took 35 minutes just to get through that one. So, <laughs> good Lord. <laughs> well, we did, have, we did have to play catch-up, so it will be easier to breeze through the rest of these now. So, oh, This one... February the 10th is going to be the easiest of all, Travis, because this, right. hands down for me, was the worst episode of NXT UK ever. Ever? Ooh. Ever. This, honestly, is just an awful, awful episode. Um, so, 
actually, I tell a lie. It draws with the February the 17th episode that we've got coming up. So this shouldn't take us very long at all. Because all I've got written down in patchy notes for February the 10th, we begin with A Kid and Saxon Huxley, the etiquette training. Now, for me, this was quite funny. They do the whole rain in Spain thing, and Saxon Huxley goes absolutely fucking mental. You know what's really weird about this segment? You know how, like, sometimes in life you'll watch something, you just on a whim, you're like, I'll randomly watch, and then something else will happen? Like, there's no way that could have happened. It's just this weird, like... <laughs> so, like, I, you ever see the movie Babes in Toyland? No. The musical? Okay, there's a part in it where the bad guy's singing, trying to convince the woman to move into his castle in Spain. So that's, like, the whole song. So, right. like, I watched this with my wife, like, the night before, and then I watched this, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Why Somebody in this world really <laughs> wants me to get to Spain, I feel like. <laughs> Perfect honeymoon destination, I feel. You know why I like Saxon Huxley so much? And I'll say it right now, and I know a lot of people say, especially the Observer Awards, Ty Conti is the most improved wrestler in the world. For me, Saxon Huxley is the most improved wrestler in the entire world. To go back to see where he was as the muscle cat. Now it's like he he gets that he looks like Bruiser Brody. He gets that he has Brody vibes. So he's out there. And I'm not saying he's pulling in clinics. But he's just stiff and intense. And like that John Nord silly running the ropes barbarian. He gets it. And his <laughs> matches are fucking good. I'm sorry. The A-Kid match on this episode was really good. I think A-Kid absolutely brought the best out of uh, Saxon Huxley. And I think being in there with Saxon Huxley, it was nice to see, it was refreshing to see A-Kid in a David versus Goliath match. And I thought for his part, A-Kid yeah. did really well too. The match won't set your world on fire, but it's entertaining for me. Very entertaining. Might be biased. Well, there you go. We don't even need to review that match later on. Um, Sure, that breaks your I heart. I agree. Oh, totally. <laughs> I like. I, you could have found something better to do with a kid for his swan song in NXT UK, but you know, if Saxon Huxley is going to benefit from all this etiquette vignette and the match, then it can only be a good thing because it's it, you know we're due a new star to come through in NXT UK. I feel like too like. By the way, are there no fans on this taping? I didn't see any fans in the audience. No. Okay. <clears throat> no. I, I, I can't remember whether it was because of COVID restrictions kicked back in for a certain time, but you know, there were no fans here. So that the whole February episode, right. none. Well, I will, I will say when they were starting to let like 50 people back in, those fans were enjoying some Saxon Huxley. Like, I feel like they were, I'm not saying they were on fire for him, but you know, they enjoyed him a lot more than they did in fucking 20 goddamn 17. <laughs> yeah. Would you get, would you just, just as a one-off Saxon Huxley Dragunov? No, we're, we're not on that level. And I think that might diminish Dragunov a little bit. <laughs> it would diminish him in the fact that it wouldn't be a squash. Does that make sense? Like we haven't yeah. built, we haven't built Huxley quite there yet. Now I think. Maybe some Heritage Cup shit, you know, kick some skulls in. Maybe, uh, how about we start here? We start small. We get fucking symbiosis, the fuck written off television, and we have Saxon Huxley <laughs> single handedly destroy them from the inside out. I think that's uh, anyone could appreciate anybody getting rid of symbiosis. So there's their new baby face right there. Start there. Fuck. There we go. That, that's Travis's booking of 
of Saxon Huxley. Do you know what diminishes this episode, Travis, for me? Nina was the next? <laughs> no, it was the next seven minutes of Gallus and Noam Dar. Now, this began trapping Noam Dar and Shah Samuels in a room and stealing the Heritage Cup in a poorly executed comedy angle, I have to say. Can I now, say something real quick? Them yet. Can I say something you real quick? I enjoy Noam Dar so much at this point. So, like, when they're going into the dressing room before they get locked in by the mystery guy, how Noam Dar takes two seconds to, like, look at the camera and, like, give the little peace sign, I fucking popped. I don't know why. This guy just brings a smile to my face every time he's on TV. Sorry. I think Noam Dar is, has been so far and he's going to be the standout star of... 2022 you know why you know what i think it is because he let's go back to 205 live that was fucking rough right the alicia fuchs and his accent and his broken english now (laughs) now it's like all he's like he's self-aware he knows his accent is cringy he knows he dresses like a douchebag and he fucking embraces it for the sake of the character and it works imagine that yeah like, we've said this time and time the partnership with Charles Samuels has just taken that to another level. Yeah, so, Abbott, Abbott now has his Costello. It works. There you go. So if you had a choice, Travis, you're booking an XT UK. It's Noam Dar or it's Jordan Devlin to take the title from Dragunov. Who are you choosing? I would have flipped it. I would have had um, Noam Dar have the feud for... I, if I'm going to take it from Dragonoff, it was going to be Devlin, but it's going to be not this soon at all. Like, we're going down to the end of the year, at least. Because uh, fear of what they're already doing with Jordan Devlin, tacking him onto this comedy bullshit, making him look like a fucking jabroni. This guy, yep. this guy, what, last fucking month? And you hated him, but I loved him. The, the rich, pretty boy vignettes. He was coming off like yeah. a serious fucking star. Love or hate those vignettes? It was like, all right, we got a new fucking top heel to hate. What did this do for him? What the fuck did this do for Jordan Devlin? Am I supposed to take him serious now to beat the guy that beat Walter, Gunter, Bambi, whatever the fuck you want to call him? No. <laughs> so so what Travis is talking about jumped a, a bit ahead. So we move on to Gallus presenting Supernova Sessions because they've locked Noam Dar and Shah Samuels in a dressing room. They're there with a heritage cut. They're acting like absolute fucking idiots. Jordan Devlin comes out as the planned guest and he runs down Gallus verbally and it's just awful. They, they interrupt him. They tease him like children in a playground. Dara and Samuels return. Their reaction to this is the best thing about the whole fucking six minutes. Shah Samuels is very good indeed. And then Joe Coffey, Noam Dar get into it. Devlin and Wolfgang get into it, and then it, it just fizzles out. There's no physical alteration. It's fucking terrible, Travis. This episode of Supernova Sessions, this whole eight minutes was absolutely dire. Not one thing Gallus said was funny, and they were trying so hard to be funny. just didn't work. Yeah. The one only positive I will say about this segment it is nice to see them capitalize on having the BT Sports Studio and having that other setup where it looks like you're just watching like an MTV show. It's like they have two sets in one. So good usage, bad execution. Beyond bad. Yeah, beyond bad. Don't, and, uh, don't, don't waste your time. 
I don't want to drop the Sabum, but get Galos look like cunts. They did. There's, there's no other way for it. Just big, terrible. Big sloppy cunts in tracksuits. Joe <laughs> Coffee in a tracksuit looks ridiculous with the man bun. I'm sorry. Oh god, I, I so want the title of this episode: NXT UK, February 2022. Big sloppy cunts in tracksuits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if there's nothing better, then why not? So, we move on. Oh, I, I don't even want to move on. Look, Dave Mastiff and Jack Stars backstage, and Mastiff accuses Jack Stars Vestgate. of touching stuff. Vestgate! It's Vestgate! You touch my vest, you motherfucker! And you, you don't... You have to earn a vest, apparently, Travis. You can't just put one on. <laughs> what is this, son, what is this Sons of Anarchy? Does Jack Stars have to go murder a cop to earn his cut in his vest? What the fuck? What what, oh chi- what child even goes to the merch team like, I want a Dave Mastiff vest. Nobody. Nobody wants your <laughs> shitty vest, Dave Mastiff. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> and he was overtly hostile. Yeah. And it was it was really bad again. Like I, I don't understand what what's wrong with these really bad segments now. I can't even summon talk that's the most I can probably say about this segment. It was just ugh. It was, unless you got anything. Oh my god. Oh, no, let's move on. So we've done the A Kid Saxon Huxley match. It was it was the best thing on, on the episode. But after that, Jordan Devlin attacks Wolfgang with a steel chair backstage and admittedly looks cool doing it. Looks every bit the heel you've just, you know, said they built him up to be. He's wearing that um, 90, we get that Shawn Michaels ninety two I threw just through Marty Gennetti through a window jacket. Yes. It's, stole it from Shawn Michaels. It's, he stole sure. it from the warehouse. Oh, and we get the announcement that they will face off on February the 17th episode. That was the one part of this whole bullshit thing that I liked. Because it didn't, by the end, make Devlin look like a fucking blush. He got his little heel no. heat back. He's like, you are, you want to fuck and, You want to fuck with me? Here's why you shouldn't. And he, he carries off the heels so well. Perfect. When you're not giving him comedy skits, it's like one shot with a steel chair, flipped up the collar just walks away cool as anything i will say if we can keep with a talent like jo- with a talent like jordan devlin i'll put it like this my wife is the epitome of a casual viewer she knows shit but occasionally when i'm doing research for these episodes she'll pop in she said jordan devlin is a very incredibly handsome looking man which i can see it right <laughs> so you've got a guy trained by finn balor pretty decent on the mic can work his ass off obviously who he's trained from the lineage can go either way, baby face or heel. I prefer him as a heel. You need to do yeah. right. You need to do right by this guy because this guy. I'm sorry, he might not be fire on the mic. He's all right, but he's money. This guy screams money. He has that yes. punchable face like a Sammy Guevara, like a Miz. He just does. No, I agree. And for me, he's the man this throne dragon of at some point. Um, I feel. I feel like it's sooner than later, unfortunately. But we will get on to that next week. Um, question time episode. So now we're moving on to February the 17th, Travis. Unless there's anything you want to add to that last February the 10th episode. I'm glad it's over. Glad it's over. Well, I'm going to be glad this is over. And I don't want to spend more than five minutes on this bullshit if we have to. Beautiful. February the 17th, NXT UK. <clears throat> was the worst episode I've ever seen. Hands down. February the 10th, really bad. February the 17th, 
disgustingly bad. And now, instead of writing, like, pages full of notes like I usually do... Did you just write got shit in a brown crayon on the entire page? No, I've got everything that's wrong with it in very few sentences. So, okay. a lot of this episode... <laughs> embarrassing, okay? Kenny Williams stuff is just blah. This needs to Gallus go in the dumpster. Long. Sorry to cut you off. Sorry. It, Gallus, Dyer, uh, Zia Brookside interview was deplorable as always, and that character needs to die now. Dave Mastiff making Jack stars go through challenges to prove he's worthy of a fucking jacket. It's pure nonsensical comedy that didn't matter. And this story, you know, it could have done without it. Defamiliar package. No one cares about them. The in-ring action here was just okay when it wasn't playing second fiddles as comedy. But the undercard didn't matter. I think with the exception of Sam Gradwell versus Kenny Williams, which was a decent match, had a story behind it, but it was three minutes, and it was all about fucking Sam Grabwell's losing his little mohawky thing. Which he needs to lose, because he looks like a fucking dork with it, but c'est la vie. I digress. <laughs> I've Sorry, can, so... I just, can I just point out real quick, and I know you want to breeze through this, I've seen YouTubers with better green screen usage than what they gave for Kenny Williams in this, I'm standing over a volcano when you're in this wind, there's a storm and all these colors. Did I take acid or mushrooms? That's awful. That was awful. I had flashbacks to Power Rangers in 1993. Right? I thought that too. Oh my God, yes. (laughs) That, that, That needed to be scrapped, that whole thing before it even began. Get that shit the fuck out of here. It's awful. It did. Um, so, Amelia McKenzie, for me, sold way too much for Angel Hayes, who's a jobber. Stevie Turner versus Myla Grace, inconsequential, because this is the first match Turner's had on NXT, I think, since... It's got to be the beginning of 2022, since the uh, Amal match. Yeah. And you've already made her a bit part player. I don't think we've ever talked about Stevie Turner, Travis. So let's just stop there for a minute and... Okay. What do you think about her? Because for me, came in with a lot of hype, a lot of pomp and circumstance. Three, four months later, she's just another fucking body. This might offend some people, but I'll put her up there with the Valkyrie lady. A um, lot of hype. I just I just saw someone who's middle of the road, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, she's big in Japan from what I understand, and you know, great. It's, it's, it's also there. way easier to stand out over there. There's a yes. lot. There's a lot of women who are very good in your stardoms and your ice rooms, but there's a lot of women in those companies who are awful. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> I'll tell you. I I'll mean, tell you, somebody I'd love to see them sign. I'm, I'm doing anything I can not talk about this episode. I don't know if you're aware of who Toxic Thecla is in stardom. No, I'm not. She's uh, she's like the Toxic Spider. I'll link you some clips of her. I think that'd be a hell of a get. She's not Japanese. I forget what country she's from. She's like she's like a blonde, but awesome. I can't I, I, I can't even do her justice by describing her style, so I'll just link you some clips. If any of you guys know who I'm talking about, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But that's for me, that's someone to keep my eye on if I was running NXT UK. I'd snatch her in an instant and save this division, quite frankly. But would they do that? Or would they no. just make her another player? No, because they've they, got they, so many... They'd see the first attractive so British people. woman off the street at this point and be like, oh, we could make her a wrestler. We're done with indie wrestlers. That's what they do. 
They've got so many stars here, Travis, that they, they could make legitimate stars. You know, Isla Dawn, Nida Samuels, Stevie Turner could with a few months behind her. She's not quite ready yet for me. She's, she's you know, a little bit boring. Millie McKenzie. Amelia McKenzie, who should be the fucking figurehead of that division. She should be ready for a heel turn on Maiko Satamora right now, but she's not. I kind of think it was in the plans maybe that possibly Davenport would have beat Mako, and then they did this long build to finally McKenzie beating Davenport possibly is what the plans could have been. That's what I would have done. I mean, that's what anyone would have done with half a cent, but they're not going to push Amelia McKenzie while she's still doing this Medusa project stuff. Right. elsewhere right. until she commits full-time to them she's got no chance that's on so her. Out of all them, i mean yeah that is she's chosen to you know continue her business elsewhere as well as wwe fully understanding that she wouldn't get the push yeah she wanted you know from signing right and fair play you know she's got the integrity to know that. yeah she, yeah exactly she, you know she, she knows she's worth more elsewhere and obviously when that dries up She'll, she'll be able to commit full-time and they'll be able to do something bigger with her. But out of them names I've just given, I, I obviously Blair Davenport, uh, I can't see it being Isle of Dawn, even though I wanted nah. it to be last month. But Blair Davenport and Amal, I think, are the only two people out that entire division that stand a chance of succeeding once Satamura drops that title. I mean, it's inevitable. Amal is next in line, especially how they're building her. And I see exactly what they're doing. I think it is going to be her to, uh, she's going to win that belt by the, if this brand's still around in a year, by the year's end or the beginning of next year, she'll be the champion or at least wrestling for the title more frequently. And then at the top of the women's division, I can totally see it. Yeah. I can see her and Davenport in a, a lengthy feud. And you know what? Well deserved. She worked her ass off to get that. She was nothing when she came yeah. in, basically. Nope. She she was and, she was yeah. pretty established indie worker, but as far as like coming into the brand, she wasn't treated special. It was just bottom of the barrel and like work your way up. She did it so, and she she was big in WXW as well. Yeah. You know, she was WXW Women's Champion, and they didn't even they didn't even take the time to recognize that Travis. No, she, she came in literally the... jobbing out as a jobber. That's it. So literally, she started from the bottom and worked her way up to where she is now. From Horowitz oh, to Hogan. <laughs> Um, anything else you want to on this specific episode just two little things uh, the one the, these are the two high points of this episode not that there were that many to choose from promo for Mustache Mountain versus Smith and Carter for the titles on yeah. the final episode of NXT UK coming up here shortly I think for me people will go yeah again we talked about the video packages at the top of this show how well they're done how they make you know, give a big fight feel to everything. But for me, this was notable for Trent Seven, who, at least, you know, in my mind, laid the foundations for what has to be a very long-awaited heel turn by saying he's addicted to winning by any means necessary. It has to be at this point. I I hate to be very superficial and nitpicky, too. Not so much Tyler Bate. I just wish Trent Seven would clean up a little bit, like the hair. I just prefer, I just prefer the more classier. You know what I mean? I know that's a nitpick. Yeah. It just doesn't look good on him. I hate to say it. Well, I mean, right now I'd walk past him and throw him some spare change. Exactly. That, yeah. Cool. Tyler yeah. Bate, it works because he's got like this. I don't know, just model esque Tarzan, rugged, good looking guy too. But Trent Seven just looks like he's addicted to meth in an alley. 
<laughs> I think, however, it's a very clever ploy. I think when Mustache Mountain do finally break up, then he not only, right. Yeah, not only will he blame Tyler Bate for you know costing them the tag team championships, and obviously you know the holding me back my old career thing that they're going to do, but it, you know you've got another string to your bow by saying, look what I've become through my association with you. This fucking look how this bad. fucking vagrant clown. I look homeless. I used to have I exactly. used, I used to have beautiful women and I used to be James Bond. What is this? And then the next week he comes out all cut and polished and preened and we get a brand new you know polished Trent Seven heel. Here's a perfect That's how I do. Perfect line to start his first heel promo, right? I went from British royalty to a fucking clown because of you Tyler because you couldn't share the spotlight or something like that to that effect. That's how you start it. That's very good. Start it simple. Simple, simple grudges always make for the best feuds. Goes back to the test of time. Whether it's Matt Hardy, Matt Hardy, Lita, and Edge, great feud because it was simple. It was a cheating situation. Brother rivalry, Brett and Owen. It's simple. And this is going to be, I think, one of the, and hopefully NXT UK stay around for it. The biggest feud I think they'll have ever done. Yeah. Knowing this company, though, with like how they're doing Jack Stars, these two will fucking fight over a scarf. It's my scarf. No, it's not. <laughs> oh, I got it. it uh, whatever. Can I just say, promise? Uh, we've been doing this. It'll be five years in May. Mm-hmm. And your British accent has come on just leaps and bounds since we first began this. Well, thank you, Governor. That was awful. Yeah, that, that, that wasn't so good, Dick Van Dyke. But we'll move on to the main event. All right. Jordan Devlin versus Wolfgang. Now, why have we moved Jordan Devlin on from Dragunov already? There was legs in a rematch, and the only thing I can think of is that they've pulled them apart now because they're saving it for a planned takeover in the summer. That, but, and I, I don't think they, and this is stupid, I don't agree with it, but I don't think they're in any rush to really have Dragon off on TV right now in a babyface role as a Russian, which is bullshit. No. Yeah, and the match we see in March was obviously filmed prior to the invasion of Ukraine, so, you know, that, that was the, but at the same time, is Devlin going to last as a top-tier heel until summer with material like this? Not with material. If you do right by him, of course. Not with this. No. Not my opinion. This was just about okay, this match with Wolfgang. Obviously, coming off, you know, headlining an episode as bad as this, this was Flair Steamboat. Right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Looking back on it, it was just about okay. A good back and forth. But, I mean, I don't know. I've given up with Wolfgang. I have to say that. Same. There's, 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 like Dave Mastiff, there, there's nothing for him on this brand anymore. The best thing would be for him to cut and run. Wherever he goes, he's not going to be the last king of Scotland. He's going to be the new fat, goofy guy to do comedy. That's what he's going to be, sadly. Yeah. And do you know what? As much as I love NXT UK, I think it's done Wolfgang more harm than good to be associated with this brand. I think it only did him good for like like he got his name out there more so like now if he leaves he can jack up his indie booking rates but i agree this totally this stalled out his career 
He was a, he was a big fucking deal in ICW. A lot of people don't know that. He was a tippy top guy over there. He was the world champion for a long time was in he, ICW. He was he was making the rounds in three PW too, right? Yes, he was. Yeah, he was and, all over the place. Uh, Preston City Wrestling as well. A lot of people won't have heard of that if you're not you know in the UK, but <clears throat> that was pretty big over here as well. Um, but when he came in in 2017 for the tournament, yeah, massive name. Everyone knew him. Just look at the reception that he look got. Look at all the, the all the W's thrown up in the crowd. With the hands and yeah, he he was uh, Trent Seven in the. I don't know whether it was the opening round or whether yeah. it was the mm-hmm. yeah the opening round. The fucking reception he got against one of the the best loved stars in that tournament, and just compare that to now, and it must be so degrading and humiliating for him. He should have, I think, cut and run in January 2019 when it was obvious they weren't going to push Gallus. You know, the writing was on the wall. He could see where he was going. All right, he had a decent tag team championship reign with Mark Coffey. The reaction they got in uh, January 2020 for Blackpool 2, I was front row for that. The, the reaction for Gallus was absolutely phenomenal. Plus, they, they did was, have a great feud with Subculture for the belts. And that was the highlight of get, uh, Wolfgang's entire run, I think, in NXT UK. And you can just, I don't know about you, but like when I watch him now, you can just see it on his face. Like, it's all just like, I'm here. I'm clocked in. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I, I would be asking for my release, knowing that they'd probably give it to me because... yeah. Yeah, why wouldn't they? They've got so many people now that they could pick and choose. They don't need Wolfgang. And Wolfgang doesn't need NXT UK anymore. NXT UK is starting to need these fucking guys more than ever. It's the other way around now. <laughs> they have failed to capitalize on, the, on on getting any kind of buzz on this brand to the point where it's breaks my heart to say, but it's on life support. And it now needs the talent more than the talent needs them. It needs, for me, it, it needs notable talent, though. I, I, right. I don't, do not want to see Will Ospreay here. I, I won't be able to watch it, Travis, if he I, comes I, in. I, I agree. At least he's part of it. But, you know, you, you need uh, notable names. There are notable names out there on the British indie circuit that would draw more UK eyes in. Uh, you know, the European indie circuit that would draw more European eyes in. But it's getting them when they can see how you know their friends have been treated. That's yeah. the difficult part. Official result of this week's main event, though, Matt. Uh, Jordan Devlin wins. A good finishing sequence. Wolfgang goes to the top rope. Devlin leaps up. Spanish fly from the top. 450 for the pinfall victory. And thank fuck, Travis, that episode is over. It's was awful. <laughs> One more to go. <laughs> One more to go. February the twenty fourth. We begin with Amal versus Zaya Brookside. Mm. Zaya Brookside. Where did it go so wrong? I'm not gonna lie. I didn't watch this match. As soon as I knew Zaya, she is in X Pac heat with me. I can't watch it. It's so bad. So, so yeah. Credit where it's due. Match was okay. Um, Zaya Brookside played to the character in this match. It wasn't all 
oh, you know, Daddy, you can't touch me. She, she got in there. She mixed it up with Amal. <sighs> the bit I didn't like, but I suppose I should have done because it was, you know, character work, was every time Amal went to grab her or every time Amal got a move on her, she'd back away into the ropes and she'd be like, you can't do that to me. Right. It got old quick got after old about s- two minutes. got old the second time she did it. <laughs> At least she was playing to the character. That, that's, you know, that's a plus. Now, what, what is the end game to this that Robbie Brookside comes out at the end of this feud and just scolds her? Or is he going to be like her heel advocate? What the fuck is the end game to this? <laughs> I don't think Robbie Brookside has any in- interest in coming to NXT UK right now. <laughs> Maybe he will, but <laughs> this isn't what Zyde Brookside needed. And I'm now at a loss of where she goes. She can't go back babyface. Not from this. No. I hate to say it, but she's done. Just killed it. Yeah, I mean, we we said, didn't we, when when she said she's going to take some time off and rejuvenate her character, and she came back the exact next week just as a sport brat. <laughs> I think we sat here and went, she's dead in the water. It took her one week how to figure out how to sabotage her entire career, and she did it. So credit to her for that, I guess. That's that's impressive. Well, NXT UK sabotaged it right up to that point, and I think she just hammered the final nail in the coffin with that character. And it's it's so sad because you know, way years ago when we first saw her in NXT UK, we we're like, "That's that's the girl right there. They're going to slow build her. She's yeah. going to be a big fucking deal as a babyface. The girl next door, she can work. She's got the lineage. She could talk okay. Then she just it all fell to shit. Is is she? Uh, before I ask you this question, mm-hmm. end of this match. Uh, Amal hits the hope breaker for the win. Watchable, both did very well, but I wouldn't go out of your way to see it. So, question: Is Zaya Brookside NXT UK's biggest wasted opportunity? No, not for me. I would say, considering where he was at, I would say the Iron King, Joe Coffey, possibly Wolfgang. We just talked about. Joe, Joe Coffey should be, should have done way more than just be tag team guy. Joe Coffey should have yes. been a top heel face of this brand for at least a fucking year. You know why he wasn't? You want to know how petty this company is? Because he's short. <laughs> Plain and simple. He's short. Is it because the speaking short, The speaking out shit he... did nobody any favors. So I'm trying to kind of... I'm kind of trying to separate no. the speaking out bullshit. <laughs> I wasn't going to say the speaker. I was going to say, did he was he around at the wrong time? If Pete Dunne hadn't been around, would Joe Coffey have been champion? Possibly. Possibly if they would have never brought Walter in, I could have seen Joe Coffey dethroning Pete Dunne. See, I could have seen that too. And maybe that was the original plan for Blackpool, but then they got Walter's signature. Actually, thought, actually not. I think about it. I got one more than Zaya Brookside and Joe Coffey. A guy who, when I looked at him... He's fucking huge. He can talk. He's got a certain air about him. He can turn it psychotic in a second. The absolute waste of Eddie Dennis. Holy shit. Yes. Holy yes. shit. It's got to be Eddie Dennis. I didn't I didn't even think about Eddie Dennis, but now you said his name. Absolutely. Great, great talent in progress. Phenomenal champion. And he comes here, manager. 
There's a lot of guys, but I'd, I'd have to put Eddie Dennis there just for what could have been. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that. Now you've said it. Next up, we get a video package for the main event of Mustache Mountain, Smith and Carter. And it highlights what has been quite the journey for them, Travis. I know we talked about Smith and Carter earlier in the episode, but look where they've come. They've come from job guys in singles action, although admittedly Ashton Smith had a decent enough start when he replaced Travis Banks against Gallus right at the very beginning of NXT UK's lifespan. Dipped into the mid-card, was a jobber, got together with Oliver Carter. They were a jobber team. And now they've slowly climbed the ranks, arguably because there's no one else you know, to do it. But they've slowly been pushed to the top as a viable and a believable challenger for you know, the, the most popular team, British team for me, since the British Bulldogs. I can't argue any of those. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, had so, no, I had nothing to add. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's brilliant, because we can move on, because we've got a lengthy main event coming up. So, Sid Scala backstage with another Gallus Noam Dar. Little bit of bullshit. Mm. Noam Dar wants them punished. But Scala announces that instead of punishing them, Joe Coffey will get a Heritage Cup match in two weeks. Now, we'll have that because I, you know, I, I've seen it. It's very good match. So that will be next month on March's review of NXT UK. But again, why? He's not done anything to earn it. It's, cl- it's clear now that they're just giving Joe Coffey things to do. The wacky, world, the, the wacky world of pro wrestling where baby faces get rewarded for doing literally illegal things like theft and kidnapping and locking people in rooms. They get rewarded. Exactly. And, and why not? This is that. a company who rewards Samoans for getting 11 DUIs. So why the fuck not put it in your storylines? It annoys me that they've rewarded him for that. And we've got a kid who should have got a rematch for the Heritage Cup after fighting Noam Dar to a draw just he was given Saxon Huxley and that was his send off surely yep. a kid send off should have been losing another spectacular match to Noam Dar that or uh, the other guy they uh, that other kid they're building up they just had him cut his hair he had the he had Walter's last match what the why is his name blanking Nathan Fraser Nathan Fraser why not just one off Nathan Fraser Shit. Anyone but Joe Coffey here, and I don't know. I, I can't fix Gallus right now, Travis. Maybe give it a month, and we'll come back to it. We'll see. In, you know, in April. And... Hopefully. So I enjoyed what came next. I'm not sure whether you would have done uh, video package, and it was a, a very well shot Hollywood esque of a truck driver driving through the, the woods on a country road. He hits something, uh, gets out of his truck, the old horror trope, pulls some fur out of his vendor, and then we see an animal running through the woods. This is a return, a promo for the return of Wild Boar. Who has gotten himself into phenomenal shape, by the way. Yes, he has. If you've not seen him on Twitter, he returned uh, a few days before we recorded this on NXT UK. If you've not seen him yet, or not, you know, go just go to his Twitter. He's posted the picture of himself. Absolutely tremendous physique he's got on him now. 
Maybe he's coming in to help Saxon Huxley take down Symbiosis. Fuck it. That uh, my, he he's there to get revenge on Symbiosis after they kicked him out of the group. Yeah. Obviously he had to because you know he went down with a pretty serious injury that kept him out. He's what he been? He's got to have been gone a year at, at least. At least, yeah. I couldn't tell you the last time Mike Hitchman was on NXT UK. Well, but he, I'm glad he's back. He's obviously had a sleeping bag in a gym for a year. My God. <laughs> I, I I put out welcome back to him, and he liked it on Twitter. So it's nice to see that he interacts with fans. But nice. I loved Wild Boar before he left. It was a shame they turned him heel and put him with <laughs> a fucking blanked. Primate, sorry. Primate, yeah. Yeah, so when they turned uh, the Hunt's heel, but I think Mike Kitchman could have made it if they'd have put the machine behind him. I feel like Primate, <clears throat> Primate and Hitchman are in the wrong time. If they were in the 80s, I feel like they would have made a lot of money. That They would have been like the British Wild Samoans. They would have been like the British LOD or something. Something. Do you think? Maybe. I mean... If you've never seen Mike Hitchman, people listening to this, then go and you know search out a lot of his matches because he's such a good wrestler, and he's only what five foot two, I think five <laughs> foot three. Yeah, but he's, he, as, he's as tall as legit Layla Hirsch. He's about that height. <laughs> He'll never make it on the main roster, unfortunately, because of his look and his size. But tremendous athlete, and I'm so glad he's back. Same. What else have we got? And now we are moving on, Travis, to the end. If there's anything you want to add before the main event, do so now or forever hold your peace. The only thing I want to add before the main event is that I hope NXT UK starts tightening the screws, starts figuring out that so many people are miscast right now. Get Charlie Dempsey the fuck away from that stable. Get uh, Gallus back to prominence. Just mix some shit up. Fucking, fuck, I don't know. God forbid. Don't be like the main roster. Don't. Be <laughs> your own thing. Be NXT UK, I guess. Is, I don't know. That's it. That's yeah, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Especially the Charlie Dempsey thing. There's so much potential with that guy. And we've said it before, and we'll, we'll say it again, I, I assume, every month. But this defamiliar stuff is crippling him. Plus. To the point where. Yeah. I'm fast-forwarding this when it comes on because I don't even want to see Charlie Dempsey in this faction. Charlie Dempsey is a very touch-and-go person to book, too, because it's very easy with his look to slightly fuck up one little bit and you make him look like the biggest dork, like they're doing, with putting the Dukes up. Because he has a silly look. He's a funny-looking guy. But when you book him like Brian Danielson, (laughs) it fucking works. Exactly. So do and that. There's, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people to book him against where he could be the Brian Danielson of NXT UK as well. Main event time, Matt. Tag team titles. Oh, so yes. Uh, the only other thing I did want to add, sorry, was Mako Satamora Isla Dawn. Uh, in case people didn't get to this, it was basically Andy Shepard in the ring introduces Satamora. So she's elevated the women's division and the title. I see that, but Kaylee Ray didn't get the same treatment. I will just add that in there. And she was champion for 
20 something days pandemic uh, didn't help pretty- Kayla Ray either <laughs> it, it, it didn't but at the same time she helped she did so like much good for that division Travis you know she, she was just on it every every title defense she was just better than Rhea Ripley she was better than Tony Storm yeah I think she, she so far the definitive NXT UK Women's Champion, at least for me, anyway. I think Kay- anyway, Andy Kay- Shepard. Kaylee Ray's oh. done a better job transitioning to the WWE style than Tony Storm any day of the week. That wasn't the same I mean, Tony I- Storm I would see in the Indies at all. Is what's Kaylee Ray doing in NXT now? Is, is she? She's like, least- I think she's feuding with that Asian girl who's always sleepy. The Orange Cassidy oh, of NXT, something like that. Not, not, oh, not much. I thought I thought you were going to say she's up there against Mandy Rose and Raquel Gonzalez and I don't know because not... I refuse to watch that show because of what it stands for. Yeah, I, I just can't. Especially like they didn't have to do the black and gold dirty like that for the meathead Braun Breaker's entrance where he kicked through the old X. That was petty, and that's when I was like, "Fuck this!" And I know I'm gonna throw this in for the main event. I I want to say it on some show. Come at me with the hate, okay? I know people see all this in Braun Breaker, blah, blah, blah. I see in the 90s a mid-card meathead guy who can cut an all-right promo who's green as goose shit in the ring. I don't know what people are seeing in Braun Breaker that I don't know other than he just looks like his Uncle Scott. I'm sorry. He, he He's a fucking meathead chode who I can't get behind. What can I relate to with Braun Breaker? I don't relate with bullies very well. Go ahead, Matt. Um, I'm sure he's sorry. a nice guy, but go on. <laughs> Andy Shepard <laughs> presents Mako Satsumura with a bunch of flowers. Lights go out. Isla Dawn is sat on a podium. Um, she gets into the ring, basically levels Mako Satsumura with a kick and declares herself as the next challenger for the Women's Championship. It's shot very well and builds Isla Dawn as a threat very well, Travis. But is Isla Dawn the woman? Would you put the title on her? Because last month... I said she's now at a point where they either give her the title and just see if it works, or she just drops back down and peters out. She'll drop back down. She's To me, she's not on that caliber. I'm sorry. I like her, but the White Witch shit, it's just... Uh, I, don't, I, don't, yeah. I don't think she... No, the- and you know what? Come at, I don't think she executes cool. the gimmick well. I don't think she understands her gimmick. She, she thinks she does, but I don't... I think there's something missing. There's some charisma missing. And she, it's it's surprising because she has studied acting at university. When when she first came into NXT UK, she was a student yeah. uh, studying television and acting. And f- to you know, a few years down the line, this is the level of her performance. It's right. It raises questions. Well, I'd be asking for a refund of my tuition money to that acting school, if that's the case. <laughs> oh, my God. Right, so, we're going to get Satamora versus Isla Dawn, but right now, NXT UK Tag Team Chaparral. So. Sorry, I did say it would be Oh, my God. Mustache Mountain, Oliver Smith. Uh, no, Ashton's. I keep doing that. I keep calling him Oliver Smith because it's doesn't it Ashton. doesn't it seem like Oliver Smith is just fits, right? It does. It, it flows better it than does. Ashton Smith. It does. Never mind. 
Do you know what? Swap their names around. Oliver Smith and Ashton Carter. That flows better. Yeah, it does. But, you know. So, this match, very good. I, I loved how they built Smith and Carter. They looked like they could have dethroned Mustache Mountain, but it wasn't to be, Travis. I mean, we knew it wasn't going to be. I mean, maybe there yeah. were some seeds that maybe this could be the heel turn way too fucking soon. Way too fucking soon. Not for that long-ass story against uh, Pretty Deadly to do it this soon. Could this be the team in the future when it does happen? I mean, possibly. It could. I I think it's got to. it's either got to be Pretty Deadly again or it's got to be a team like this because I snap Trent Seven on Tyler Bate, it's either got to be at the end of a, a gruel grueling feud that he takes personally so a feud against pretty deadly or just you know an upstart team that shock mustache mountain and just you know what i mean turn trent seven like that for me personally like if i had the book i can't fathom running all these brands in wwe and seeing the run pretty deadly just have and think you know what i'm just going to keep him in next to uk these guys are ready for the real big stage. They they got it. They understand yeah. it. They've improved. They're tailor-made for like a SmackDown or a Raw with this gimmick. But would the, would, would the temptation then be to just go too much with them? Yes, and of course. <laughs> to rip Martells and just push it I'm not, so hard. I'm not saying they're not going to fuck them up. I just think they're ready for bigger <laughs> things. I think it's a step back. I honestly think it's a step back to put the NXT UK tag team titles on them again. See, I'd like that because I want to keep them around. Because obviously, so you yeah, just don't want them ruined. Good. You don't want them ruined. That's what, it, and I don't either. It's a, sad, it's, a, it's a sad state of affairs, though, isn't it? When we're, we're like, they're ready for a main roster run, but we know they're going to get fucked up. It's like Stockholm syndrome in a way, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Mild case. Oh my god. No, oh, the match. I, I mean, let's let's cut the shit. If you go out there as a team and you have a bad match with Mustache Mountain, you should probably go back to wrestling school. I think that's impossible at this point to not at least Absolutely. have to not at least have a two and a half to three star match with these guys. You know, this yeah. this is obviously way uh, way better than that. You know, and Ashton Smith, I think I've got looked like the star he should have always been in this match. Yeah, I, you've always sung that guy's praises since day one. You've always seen something in that. I have. I've been on hard. I've been hard on him. You know, when it's called for it, because he's put in some shitty performances over the years. But there's something but about him. There is something about it. If if anyone's ever seen him with Rampage Brown, as I think it was, I can't remember the name. I said it last month. You know, their tag team in ICW and around the the UK Indies was excellent. Ashton Smith looked like a, a bona fide main event star. No. In that team, I suggested last month that he drop Oliver Carter and they put him back together with Rampage Brown, who's not going to do anything once he returns to the brand. Yeah. Was it Age of Orion? Oh, that was another team. I apologize. No, it was it was P P O S maybe. I think it was yeah something like that. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, at least we ended this omnibus on a, on a, a pretty good note. As opposed to where we were in the middle of this omnibus, shit. Oh yeah, we 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 were just dead in so, the middle so of we this didn't, omnibus. So we didn't we we didn't fully drown in the ocean. Somebody came along and grabbed our hand and pulled us up, and there was Tyler Bate and Trent Seven in a lifeboat saving our life. 
Yes, and this, we, we should add, the ending to this, if they're not going to turn Trent Seven heel after this, then this is all a waste of our time because Tyler Bate pins... Who did he pin? It was one of them. And I think it was Ashton Smith. Oh, Smith. Was it Carter? Oh. It was, he pinned it was, one of them. Tell you what, it was, got their, it was one of them. How's that? <laughs> it was one, we can say with some certainty it was one of the two. They got their foot on the bottom rope, and as the ref was counting to three, Trent Seven just pushed it off. Total heel move, without Tyler Bate really knowing, and Mustache Mountain retained the titles. Trent Seven is going to be a wonderful heel. The problem I have is this, Travis. This is almost identical to what they did with Kenny Williams and Amir Jordan. Right. I think that's also yeah, the, the brand kind of being self-aware too as well. Nobody probably watched that anyway, so they won't realize that we're copying. Little did they know the two guys in their mid to late 30s do a podcast on the show week, and we know your little tricks. That's it. We, yeah, Kenny Williams began turning when he was cheating to win by any means necessary. Didn't care about what his partner thought. His partner refused to cheat when he became aware of it. And that's what broke them up. Obviously, it's going to be on a bigger scale as Mustache Mountain. But I, I hope there's something more original, Travis, than let's just recycle what we did before. Because who's going to know? Yeah. Who is going to know our review, Matt, of our omnibus for NXT UK February 2022? What do you grade, dare I ask? this month oh there was some good matches so i'm not gonna shit on it completely but this was bad february was bad for nxt uk i hope it was just a, a blip a drop in the ocean and march picks up but this is gonna get a d from me just you know from top to bottom bad with little bits of good dotted in but not enough to save it I hate to do the same answer, but I was going to go D2. I think, for one, I think this entire month was snake bit from the beginning with how it started with that un- awful injury to be uh, B Priestley, yeah. uh, Blair Davenport, whatever. It's, ju- <laughs> it's just too much filler, miscast, like we said, heels that, that are trying to be baby faces that don't just, just doesn't work. Too much gaga, too much silliness, too much straying away from what. The, the conception of this brand was supposed to be about, in the first place, a more World of Sports-style brand, and it's all about the in-ring and the, the wigging and the technical, with some character development, but not this. I uh, I could go the rest of my life with never seeing a Jack Stars Dave Mastiff segment, probably. <laughs> you know? Um, but we need to find out who's going to get the vet. Stop pussyfooting around with, uh, with Amal and just... Can I say Amale? I'm so I hate the way that her name's pronounced because when I read names, it's like Oscar. It's Asuka. Can I say Amale yeah. on our show with Amale? You can start fucking doing it now. Stop dipping the toes in. Just start plowing <laughs> through people. Just do it. You know why you? The thing about this brand, let's be honest. You've literally, as a booker, I'm not sure who has the book right now, but you have nothing to fucking lose right now. Nothing. Not on your undercard. You have nothing to lose. Take the risks. Take the the offshoot angles. Try something new. Because nobody's fucking watching anyway. Give them a reason. It's that simple. 
There you go. That goes oh, to any promoter. Sister. That goes to you too, Tony Khan and fucking Vincent Mann. <laughs> Incentive is the underlying recipe for fan interest. There's got to be. Oh, we have Keith Lee. Great. Is he going to wrestle QT Marshall? Yep. Well, I'm not watching. Because guess who Keith Lee wrestled Friday? QT Marshall. It's been an honor, though, my friend, once again this week. Absolutely. Pleasure as always. Until then, I'm gonna I'm gonna do you a favor. Check us out now on all streaming services. So check us out unionsmack.podbean.com. Every streaming site we're on, listen there. Stitcher, Audible, Anchor, you name it. Spotify, we're there. YouTube, Hibiki TMD. If you're catching us here, hit that red button down below. Please sub- subscribe, support the channel. Everything pro wrestling, heavy metal, video game, and now horror podcasts and everything nerdy in between unionsmack.bigcartel.com your official hibiki tmd and union smack merch and thank you once again to our main man the rock rocky buyer for featuring us it's so kind to rocky you never really take this thank it's really nice yeah. of him to put us on his store with our new shirt pro wrestling tees.com slash rocky buyer matt uh, before we end before we end travis we just have to say a big thank you to everyone uh we do it every month but this month March so far, and we're only 14 days in, absolutely blown us away download-wise. We have had, I think it's nearly 400 downloads in 14 days, and we are very, very close, about 200 away for hitting 1,000. I I predict the way it's going, we're going to smash through that by the end of March. But, you know, wonderful, wonderful people. We love you all. Indeed, thank you guys so much. And I know, like, for us, that's like Joe Rogan podcast numbers, so it means the world. <laughs> Keep sending in your questions, because next time we return, Matt, it's round two. We're feedbacking to all you guys, all your questions. We're got a lot this time. We're not going to have any tech issues, any bullshit like last time. Apologies again. <laughs> this time, crystal clarity, and we hope we fulfill and answer all your questions to the best we possibly can. One more time, Matt. Absolutely. Where can everyone catch you? You can catch me on, on Twitter at Bruisermate. Listen, uh, follow the show, I should say, on Twitter at Union Smack. And if you didn't get all the links Travis said, they're on our Podbean page at the top. You can't miss us. No reason not to listen to us. And Travis, I should have said this at the beginning of the show, but officially the poll came back. It wasn't a draw second time around. Yes. We're going to WrestleMania 17. For WrestleMania week at the beginning of April. Couldn't be more thoroughly excited. I've never reviewed that pay-per-view on anything, so it's first time for me. Can't wait. Yeah, me either. I know you were glad it wasn't WrestleMania 12. You were secretly sat there with your fingers, bro. <laughs> it's going to be nice to review a main roster WWE show that actually had heat in it, fan interest. So yeah. that's different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that about wraps it up, right? I that's it. We've we've done everything. We've just yeah. Until next week, um, and prepare yourselves next week. I should say, ladies and gentlemen, could be Travis, the longest podcast we've ever done. And the guys, there's still one more week. If you got more questions, please send them in. We'll take them. We're madmen. We'll do it. I just reviewed the humans. I just reviewed the human centipede horror movie with TJ and Horrors of Hibiki. So I'm open to anything after that shit. Good God! <laughs> oh my God! So next week, ladies, bring your lunch, bring your sandwiches, bring your cups of coffee. You, you may need them because I can see us doing at least two hours next week. 
Oh boy, and if you got sandwiches, share. I like sandwiches. Until then, the Union Smack Podcast. Cheerio, mates.